It's 8 p.m. somewhere. In today's episode, we talk with the founders of the Asian Hustle Network, one of Facebook's fastest growing groups. Listen in as we talk about how they got started and their mission. Pay attention. Let's go! Can you start by sort of introing and telling us what the Asian Hustle Network is, what it's about? Definitely. So the Asian Hustle Network was created about two months ago to uplift and uplift entrepreneurs around the world. And for us, it's like you know, growing up as Asian Americans in the United States, we felt like sometimes we are a bit underrepresented. Um, so we started to take action into our own hands and create this Facebook group to kind of be really positive and very uplifting to each other. And that was kind of sort of like our mission. Yeah. And so pretty much our mission statement is to empower and uplift um, Asians all around the world by, um, you know, like bringing them together and building a community in our Facebook group. And we encourage people to, you know, share their businesses, um, seek for collaborations in the group, you know, find partnerships, ask for advice on new business ventures, um, you know, give recommendations for other people starting out on their first business. It's really a collaborative effort. And, you know, we've gotten really great responses from people saying that they've never seen anything like this before. And, you know, they wish they found something like this three years ago or four years ago or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's just really empowering to see that, um, you know, everyone in the group is very supportive of each other. And I think that's what we need because I think growing up as Asians, a lot of us, we are culturally and conditionally ingrained to keep a lot of, you know, our thoughts to ourselves. You know, we, we tend to stay quiet because that's what our parents taught us, right? We, it, it's it's uh, frowned upon if we let our emotions out or if we seek for help because our parents asked us not to seek for help, right? It, it looks bad on us. So I think this is a really great community where people can feel empowered and it's actually strong and it shows uh, strength in them to ask for help and to um, support each other in that way. Yep, definitely. Yep. And you have been growing like wildfire. So we uh, put a podcast memo together on January 14th with some info about the group. At that mm-hmm. time, you had about 18,000 members. And we looked today and you had mm-hmm. over 24,000. Yeah, exactly. that's Just crazy. 24,000. <laughs> uh, yesterday, we had a record high number of people join our group. We had 621 people join in the last 24 <laughs> hours. Wow. Yeah. It's been pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. And we've mm-hmm. looked at our uh, staff in the last. 28 days, and I think we have 185,000. No, Maggie, Maggie hasn't checked today. Yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, 200,000 now. 200,000 wow. comments and posts altogether. Yeah, so engagement is super, super high. So, what are you doing for engagement? I mean, I, I think a big part of it, I uh, was mm-hmm. reading about the, the giveaways that you all do. Um, mm-hmm. anything, what do you think is causing this crazy rush to your page, or is it just the general Definitely. sense of community? Um, it's, it's a little bit of both, right? Because we created a, a large mission statement at the very beginning. Uh, so around 400 members, I posted inside the group. I said, hey, guys, we're going to get to 1 million members. And I feel like having a big audacious goal at the very beginning, no matter how crazy it sounds, really helps set the tone of the group. And also we set our mission statement early on, too, that we want to like be, be able to be very positive, uplift the Asian community around the world. Mm-hmm. I think what really helped us a lot was we used a lot of, um, hospitality tips that we got from our, our restaurant friends, surprisingly, um, in terms of we want to make people feel really welcome, you know. We don't want anyone and everyone to feel like they're left out. Like We want to be able to address everyone by their first name. Um, we want to be able to 
um, you know, relate to them through their story as well. I think by by doing something like that, something simple like you know, commenting on everyone's post and reading through it, and you know, referring to them by their first name, like it makes one one heck of a one heck of a connection when you use someone's first name. So that really helps a lot too. Um, we wanted to point out that you know, we never we never pay for any ads in this group at all, like zero ads. That's incredible. Um, yeah, we had we didn't drop a single dollar in ads on on this group, so. It's been through word of mouth and just our mission in general. Like we, you know, we kind of hit this niche that it is our time. You know, like we are now claiming our heritage more than ever, and we just just wanted to create a safe area for us to do that and start voicing ourselves, not being this modern, I mean, this model minority group anymore. That we can't speak out, and that we do have a lot of power. Um, just by doing simple research around the community, like we can see that you know the Asian average income around the world is increasing dramatically. So through increasing income and spending power, like we are voicing our opinions more on what we want and don't like. And just having the group there in place like is is a huge reflection of what what our what our community currently currently wants. Yeah. And I just like to add to that, um, you know, everyone has a story, you know, even if someone thinks that their story is not as interesting as another person's story. We all ultimately have our own story. We have our own life cycle. We have our own life stories. And at the end of the day, everyone just wants to share that story to other people. You know, they want to be heard and they want their voice to be heard. And I think we've really reflected that in the group. People share very personal stories about themselves. And we want to make this a safe place for everyone. And just by them sharing their stories, they feel like their voice is being heard. And they feel like they're being supported and and empowered. And they are being heard. Yeah. And, you know, I've had, we've had people reach out to us and they've asked us, you know, like, how did you guys grow this group in just two months to 20,000 plus members? And they asked, you know, if, if this is a subgroup of, I'm sure you've, you've heard of the group um, Subtle Asian Traits, which has 1.6 million plus members. Um, and we told them, no, we're actually not a subgroup of them. And everything is just purely from the heart. You know, we, we want to make sure that our members feel welcome and this is like a home to them. And they feel like they found a place where they can call home for themselves. Yeah, I was actually going to mention um, subtle Asian traits because I went on a road trip after college mm-hmm. um, and I visited mm-hmm. all these cities that I'd never been to before and I didn't know anybody and I actually used subtle Asian traits and subtle happy traits. If you've heard of that, because um, I'm uh-huh. Filipino yeah. and oh, I wow. met okay. so many people um, from that Facebook group and I feel like there's something special about um, Facebook groups in particular, it's like the one aspect of social media that's like really focused in on community. Um, what right, do you think right. that yeah. is? Um, I think, well, I think in, all in all, like Facebook group is just a tool, right? It's just a tool to put people together. It doesn't, there's other tools out there that create communities. Um, but particularly we, for us, is like we chose Facebook because one, like it, there's still a lot of user engagement on Facebook. And two, if, um, so prior to creating our group, we did some market research and how we can actually grow the group really quickly. But at the same time, we, this is all a theory to us. Like, we, there's nothing, there's nothing proven. We're just wondering, like, if this would work. So when we first started out, started out creating our group, uh, we actually focused on getting members from, from Melbourne, Australia. And the reason being is that groups like Federal Asian Dating and Federal Asian Traits are created in Australia. 
And because your group has grown so quickly and their culture is so adept to like, you know, joining Facebook group at an alarming rate, we figured out, hey, like, if we're going to start our group, we'll be in America, but focus on Australian members. And for us, like, we wanted to dictate the culture early on. So all we really did was share the, the members into, into the format that we wanted, which is sharing inspirational stories or asking questions. And when we did that, like, the Australians, like, totally took over. Like, they were sharing their stories. It was awesome. Our main criteria for doing that was, like, we wanted, a, like, a foreign country that spoke English really well, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And when we did that, um, when we started setting the tone with the Australian members, we started inviting, inviting in American members to to the community. And I, when you know Facebook really well, like you go into the community, you can tell where who knew, or you can tell where like who is from which country until you click on your profile. And because they're also English speaking, you got members in the United States to kind of follow follow the same format and go, like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" You know? Yeah, very. And cool. there are just a matter. Of, scaling and putting the right people into the right places so when we onboard our moderating team uh we made sure that everyone was some sort of like ceo of their own products that really knew the knew the market really well or they're really 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 well connected and we had like moderators come in from new york houston uh la uh atlanta and just boston it just so we can spread out quickly and like divide and conquer our market that's awesome and you've attracted some just looking at some of the members of the page um a lot of executives um phds Mm -hmm. shark tank guests um, (laughs) yeah a lot of different types of people previously homeless people yeah Mm -hmm. definitely yeah it all all goes into the the moderators that we chose for the group first Mm -hmm. you know we wanted really strong individuals that had a strong vision that believed in our vision as well and when you empower great, talented people with certain tasks, they'll take you beyond your imagination. This is exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then going back to your question as to why, you know, social media could be so powerful. And I think it's it's the beauty in creating this, these communities, right? We have people from all over the world who are hungry to connect with other people just, you know, outside of their local areas. And it's not easy without social media. You know, it's it's not easy to, you know, fly all over the world to meet these people. Um, but we have this great, powerful tool on social media. And it's, it's really beautiful to see, you know, all these communities building and um, coming together. And I'm sure you, you've seen, like, for example, Crazy Rich Asians. That's through media. You know, like, it blew up through media. And then Aquafina, you know, she um, won the award recently. And those are all through media. And, you know, social media is just a very powerful plan. We, we found the product market fit and we were able to take advantage of that. So Maggie, tell us a little bit about your background. So you, you are, uh, you have a apparel brand called Prism, right? Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm actually from a finance background mm-hmm. and I am in the process. I'm actually really into fitness. I am, I, I got into fitness about two three years ago and I'm in powerlifting and it's just something that I immediately fell in love with. And, um, it was cool. just an outlet for me to, you know, like disconnect with the world and, um, to kind of represent myself and, you know, express myself through fitness. And so I decided that I wanted to, um, start a fitness apparel line. So I'm in the process of launching it, um, now. And so that's going to happen this year. Very cool. 
Yeah, I, it's coincidentally, I also got heavy into fitness maybe about two years oh, ago, awesome. two to three years yeah. ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's one of those things as we get a little bit older, we realize that we sort of have to pay attention. Right, right. <laughs> so it was and like, also, it's like if you want to be doing well in business, you have to make sure that you are doing well with your health as well, you know? Yeah. And I think health is always number one. It's also a, a, a mindset thing, right? Like if you have the right mindset to achieve your fitness goals, that also kind of contributes and, and dictates how you are motivated in your business goals as well. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it becomes so like if you do the little, the, like little things really well, like it'll transfer to everything else you do, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you take those reps at the gym, like seriously, like squeezing every single muscle, like you'll focus that on your, on your business as well. Like you're going yeah. to do the, the little things really, really well. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's also, for me, it's a huge energy driver. I mean, I can't replace my workout in the morning with six cups of coffee. Like it just, nothing, <laughs> yeah. works as, nothing wakes you up as much as a really good workout. Yes. yes. Yeah. I agree, man. Oh, six cups of coffee too. sometimes too, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brian, you have a background in real estate. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. Actually, I have a question for you too. So first, tell us about of how course. you got into real estate and how that kind of played into uh, the Facebook page, Asian Hustle Network. Definitely, man. So before I became a real estate investor, I was actually a software engineer. And I actually moved up to the Bay Area to become a software engineer. When I moved up to the Bay, I was like, man, this place is so expensive. How does anyone afford anything here? And so when I got I got to the Bay and I couldn't afford anything. So I was, I was renting a room out of my friend's house. At the same time, um, he was starting to get into real estate. So I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Um, and then we, we had good synergy. We both got into real estate deals. We did, we did a bunch of deals. Um, we would, I mean, personally, I did around like 25 deals all in the Bay Area. Um, and then from there, it's, uh, it's all about getting passive income, getting rentals. And my mindset started changing. It went from like, oh man, I need to make a lot of money to, hmm, how can I get back to the community, community and get back to the world? It's kind of like a weird mindset shift to take care of your basic needs. Um, and then from there, it's um, two years ago, I actually, I left my software job to do real estate full time. And during that time, I realized that doing real estate full time only required like 20 or 30% of my day. Uh, so I had a lot of time to reflect and think about what I wanted to do next. Um, that's, I mean, it's a great, great problem, right? Passive income. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then from there, it's like, you know, I was telling Maggie that I, I wanted to give back to the community. And, you know, the idea behind creating a Facebook group didn't exist at that point. For me, it's like at that point, I wanted to create a community of real estate investors in the Bay Area. So I was able to do that. So I, I was able to build up to 1,000 to 2,000 members all in the Bay Area that people of different backgrounds, ages, you know, ethnic backgrounds, like mm-hmm. we were work together and be very positive. Like, there's no shady activity with our community at all. And that gave me a huge need to do something for the Asian community. Um, so around April of last year, I was doing a lot of research. I was like, man, like there's no Asian fund out there. Like, there's no fund to help each other. There's no strong network to help each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talked to my Jewish friends or, you know, mother, my black friends as well. It's, they have a lot of systems and networks and funds designed to help each other. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I realized that was, that was a huge void with our community. And that kind of pushed me towards creating something that I didn't know what it was at the time. Um, yeah, it wasn't that's a really until good point. Maggie, yeah, 
well, so Maggie and I went to Japan that we were very inspired. We went to uh, Japan, like Tokyo area, went to a shrine and we saw, you know, we saw people write their stories on tablets on the wall. And then to our surprise, like we spent like an hour or two reading everyone's story. And we're like, man, like this is so cool. So we put that note on our phone. And when we came back home, we actually went to a real estate conference in Berkeley, California. And we realized that, hey, like, there is no representation in the Asian community. That kind of led us to create this Facebook group. But this is around October now. And we, me and Maggie looked at each other like, we're really scared. Like, we don't want to be like these public figures that, you know, people can look us up pretty easily and be very visible to the community. We're really nervous. We actually posted inside a different community, a different sub-Asian community on Facebook. And to our surprise, like, the post didn't do that well, you know? And we're thinking to ourselves, like, maybe we need to take it into our own hands now. So we created a Facebook group, and we invited our first moderator, Joanne, which happens to know, like, everyone and anyone today, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And then they invited their friends, and then That's started awesome. blowing up really One quickly. Thing. Yep, um, yep. Definitely. One thing led to another, basically. So, yeah, are you? So you're you you have some passive income going on with the rental properties. Are you still actively buying property, or uh, what's the situation there? Uh, yeah, I'm always actually buying properties. Uh, always looking, always looking to other bigger scale projects. I'm kind of looking to real estate development at the, at the moment. Oh, interesting. Um, it just for me, it's just a personal goal because when I first started out in real estate four or five years ago i told myself one day i want to build a skyscraper you know mm-hmm. and by telling people that it sounds less and less crazy as the years go along because right. i think five years ago i told my friends and they looked at me like dude that's crazy i could do it <laughs> you, know? you should come to austin I mean, they're building skyscrapers <laughs> uh every second in austin texas right now so this would be a good place for you to come visit you want to partner with me travis <laughs> <laughs> so you have some, you have a property in Ohio, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's some so properties in Ohio. in Ohio. So I have a friend that, uh, talks about Toledo, Ohio and investments there mm-hmm. all the time. So I wanted to ask you if mm-hmm. coincidentally you had anything in Toledo or if you know anything about the area. Um, for Toledo, I'm not too familiar with, but I know exactly where it is. It's very close to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was actually looking at the area as well. But my investment properties are in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, and the reason being, yeah, the reason being is the population there has been increasing every year. Oh, wow. And I see a lot of new development, a lot of like legislation that's being passed through. Columbus. And I tend to pick, yeah, I tend to pick um, cities where I know for a fact that, you know, the, I look to the age group of the community. They're relatively young, you know, like early 30s. Mm-hmm. Some of these are young professionals. They're going to be there for a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I also look at states where it's how friendly it is to to uh, to real estate owners, like for tenant laws, you know? Right. Um, so being in the Bay Area and dealing with evictions for a previous project will take between, I don't know, <laughs> four, five, six, seven months. Yeah, uh, whereas crazy. if I do eviction in Columbus, like, it'll be like a couple weeks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I know I specifically noticed and was a little bit excited about Toledo or in Ohio in general, because I saw that you could purchase mm-hmm. like a $50,000 house and immediately mm-hmm. rent it out for 12, 1300 bucks a month. Uh, yeah. It seemed too easy to be true. Insane. Um, you're right. 
nothing comes easy, right? So when you look at numbers like that, that are too appealing, it tends to be something wrong on the property. It's like, if is that if your cash flow is like if your cash in cash is usually over like 14 15 percent that means that you're you're probably investing in a very bad area yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a risky, you will, super risky area yeah you probably will get that that cash flow but it won't last very long you know you get one or two months your tenants stop paying money and now uh, it crash your property and all the cash flow you made you have to begin to lose money right <laughs> that makes yeah. sense yeah that's yeah, why so i've kind of been it's a Real estate's a really big beast to kind of understand. And I feel like people mm-hmm. that get it, get it. And I know some people that are really, mm-hmm. really good at uh, real estate investing, but something yeah. that's always kind of made me nervous. I don't know. I don't. It is. It's, it's very scary. Yeah. And then you have to the way really I like, learn the area that you're investing in too. You know? Definitely. And the way I like to think of it is um, it doesn't, wet, doesn't matter what market you're in. There's always going to be a millionaire in that market, you know? Mm-hmm. And when, People always hype up their market. It's just all speculation. Like you can technically invest in any market that's the best area in that market and still do well. You know that's true. And that's that's the best advice I ever got from this older mentor I met at one of the real estate meetups. He was like, "Any market you go into, there's always going to be someone doing really well there. Now it just depends on you. Yeah. Like, what are you comfortable with? Are you comfortable with investing out of state, behind your backyard? It also depends on yourself too. Like, how much capital do you currently have you know right. you kind of improvise by how much money you can potentially invest with by picking different cities that it what you need because everyone's different financially physically mentally you know yeah and now more than ever i mean you have kids in small town america that are like mm-hmm. making money off of snapchat or video games exactly. or whatever <laughs> um in yeah. their parents basement so you're right i mean there's yeah you just find mm-hmm. that neighborhood or that pocket in any area definitely makes sense mm-hmm. and there is and there's a demographic shift too around the united states like more and more um, millennials are moving away from big cities towards like smaller cities you know so we're seeing that shift as well and it just comes to show that you know america is constantly changing you have to be aware of all the trends that, that's popping up and then make your decisions from there good point you know i think we talked about what makes a facebook group or what you know what are people doing on facebook right now mm-hmm. i think it is changing a little bit but i think the reason groups are so um attractive and why people are still using them on facebook is because they bring some type of value to those communities um mm-hmm. so i was wondering and we were also talking about people telling their stories and such. Um, is there, you know, what kind of value are you guys seeing being brought into the, to the group itself? You know, what are there stories that stick out? Are there mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, talking about, you know, career advice um, or yeah. just, you know, general topics? Um, yeah. What, 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 are the, what are the conversations like? Is there anything that stands out inside the community right now? Definitely. So a lot of it is people's story, you know. And then we got a lot of response from members saying that, wow, like, I didn't know that anyone else thought the same struggles I did. There's also the relatability factor in, in with people sharing their story, the same struggles that we all have. We found a lot, a lot of similarities in our struggles. It doesn't matter if you're Chinese, Vietnamese, Japanese, you know, Korean. We still come from like the same struggle, which kind of unites us. And just by having people share their story, it's amazing to see that people are very generous with their knowledge and their, in their time. Like they would, we're getting, there's always certain trends that go through the group. It's like, 
you know, people post about inspirational stories, people post about their struggles, their parents' struggles. But lately, I've been noticing a new trend happening is that people are now posting that, hey, ask me anything about my industry. I will on, I will ask you honestly anything you need to know about, you know, restaurant business or, you know, or fitness business or anything. So we realized that there's a lot of value being created in the community because people are being more comfortable and more generous in their time. They're seeing the impact being made through all the positive responses of the members. Yeah. And most of the time, you know, people are willing to offer mentorship free of charge. You know, if without a community, I mean, if you were trying to go out and work for mentorship on starting a business, usually you would need to pay someone, right? But there's these people are willing to put themselves out there, offer their time, their effort just to, you know, give them tips, recommendations, suggestions on how they could um, improve their businesses and, and what they can do to, you know, further um, expand their business. Yeah, so essentially they're they're helping us enforce a vision, you know. We want a strong collaborative environment where we help each other very Un, like without being selfish at all, without any other motives, you know, they're they're following one of our core values, like give first and receive later. Mm-hmm. And everyone's following that, that our value is awesome inside the community. Yep. Um, I was going to ask. I think I read a little bit about your background, Brian. But um, are you both first generation Americans? Are your parents both immigrants? Yeah, my parents came from Hong Kong, um, and then they moved to the Bay Area. And uh, my parents escaped the Vietnam War. And yeah. when they came here, they never intended to be here. <laughs> yeah, I think I read um, a little bit about how your mom said, like, Vietnamese elders don't have time to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. just seeing, like, my mom and my grandma's work ethic, they're both Filipino. They're, like, the most hardworking mm-hmm. people probably that I've met in my life. Yeah. How do you think, like, uh, your childhood um, affected, like, your work ethic, and especially having immigrant yeah. parents? Yeah, definitely. So growing up, we were super poor. I can't even say we're poor. We were super poor. <laughs> and, you know, my parents did their best to provide us with everything we needed. Um, that really shaped my mindset, too, because, you know, my parents, they worked really, really hard. They never complained. They worked like 50, 70, 80 hours a week. They still do, which I tell them to stop. And they're like, no, it's worth to happen now. We just like to work. <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, just seeing them struggle so much makes me realize that I want to give them the life that they deserve, you know? And to put things into more perspective, in the entire 30 years my parents moved from Vietnam to Los Angeles, they never left that area. Mm-hmm. They only left to San Francisco once because I moved to San Francisco. And that's because they're to their mind, it's like they need to keep sacrificing, save money to like help, help other kids as much as they can. And it really breaks my heart with that, you know, now that I'm doing better, I would take them out to, like, nicer places and seeing them, like, get really, really nervous and scared and nice restaurants and the waiters, like, hey, how are you doing? It, it breaks my heart because it just shows, like, they're not used and they're not accustomed, like, to, like, the nicer things in life. They're and, still in that, like, scarcity mindset. Yeah, it scares me my sister. It's really, really sad to like, see that, you know? And I'm just trying to slowly change that. And this, some of the stuff that they told me growing up, I had to start shedding that mindset as I started to do more business, you know? Because one of their, their core values is like, you, you, don't do, you don't do business with friends. And that's not true at all. I love doing business with my friends. The only people I trust is money, you know? 
and other things like, hey, like if your friend's doing too well, like that means that you're losing. And that's not true at all. It doesn't go well with the budget mindset, you know? And those are the type of things that I had to shed growing up that totally influenced me throughout my younger adult years. Um, but the more I learn, the more I, meet, I talk, to people, talk to people like you guys, I realize that, hey, like, anyone else can win. There's so much resources out there that there's so much for all of us to enjoy, you know? Yeah. And I think it all starts with just community at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. And just bouncing back off what, what Brian said, I think that mindset from our parents, it all comes from, you know, a lot of them came from times of war, right? So it's hard for them to accept, you know, helping each other out. But in our generation, we're living in a new generation now, right? Like there is so much, so much to go around and there's enough for everybody to go around. And that's important to recognize because if we keep, you know, um, thinking and, and holding on to our, the same mindset that our parents had, then we'll never be able to build on these communities. We'll never be able to help each other out and support each other. Yeah, we'll never lay the right infrastructure in place to really grow yeah. every generation. You know? Yeah. And that's the one thing we really lack. It's like, I think that education-wise, like, we are very well educated, but we kind of still lack the infrastructure to help get us to the next level. We're still not fairly, like, represented in media or corporate ladders or you know or investments like because we lack the infrastructure not the knowledge and we're trying to put the infrastructure in place so our future generations can succeed mm-hmm. yeah some people talk about like a bamboo ceiling for asians that we just can't break through what do you think mm-hmm. it's going to take to break through that i know we've had like crazy rich asians and like more asian representation in general but it's still not great i think um so what do you think is going to take yeah, we so we definitely want to. One of our initiatives is to put Asians, not only Asian Americans but Asians in general, in more media. And for yeah, for example, Crazy Rich Asians. It's it's not enough. You're correct, but it's a start, right? And I feel like currently we are on a wave, and the timing is very important. So the timing of our group being created is very important. And for example back then when we had Wong Fu Productions come out with all of their YouTube videos, right? That was kind of like the first wave. And then the second wave would be Crazy Rich Asians, right? And then now we have, for example, Aquafina, and we have um, Always Be My Maybe, that movie that came out. We have Andrew Yang. (laughs) Yeah, I love that one too. Um, Andrew Yang running for president. So it's it's all timing, right? And we have to make sure that we're doing it correctly. Um, And also... Another one of our initiatives, for example, the bamboo ceiling is very prevalent in Asian women, right? So um, we are really trying to empower a lot of Asian women in our group to start thinking and realizing that um, we can break through this mental barrier. And initially, when we had first started the group, I think our ratio between men and women were 70 70, to 30. And we've been really. um, And when we saw that, we actually onboarded six female moderators yes. to even things out. Yes. And so because these these mm-hmm. members are joining our group, they look to see who is who is um Leadership you know group. yeah, who's leading this group, who is the voice of this group. Mm-hmm. And that's um ultimately the admins and the uh, moderators if it's not the members, right? Right. So 
we make sure that we have a big um, ratio or an even ratio, but we we make sure that we are representing women in our moderating group. Mm-hmm. And so, because people are seeing that a lot of a lot more women are open to sharing their stories, and then that way our moderators are reaching out to them, you know, uh, making sure their story is heard. And so we we really try to make sure that we are increasing women empowerment and women entrepreneurship. And we're proud proud to say that it's uh, 55, 55% men and 45% women now. Yeah. And not perfect. Not perfect, <laughs> but we are moving the needle. Yeah, we put any kind of women entrepreneur bosses that we really, really respect on the team. Mm-hmm. And we took their insights really seriously, you know. We wanted to create this foster this positive environment for female Asian and female entrepreneurs, as well as the male population, but we really made that strong emphasis this year to like push on female entrepreneurs. Right. Well, it's clearly working. <laughs> so, do want to announce that we are start giving away a thousand dollars to yeah. buying entrepreneurs tomorrow, awesome. on February first. So, you want to make group, that announcement? I saw the post. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah joined. So, tell us how that works exactly. What do people have to do? Okay, so I just want to start off before I go into how it works. Um, I wanted to emphasize that there are pretty much three groups of people in the group, right? First, we have the aspiring entrepreneurs who are kind of too shy to share to the group, but they want to get started entrepreneurship but don't really know how to, right? Second is the group of people who do have their own businesses and they're actively sharing, they're actively posting in the group. Third are the really top-level care people, right? Entrepreneurs who are doing really well and we're finding out ways to um, contribute to them and, and vice versa. And so the $1,000 giveaway, that's to um, inspire aspiring entrepreneurs to, you know, kickstart their business. And $1,000 may not seem like a lot, but it can be very pivotal when you're thinking about like marketing costs, right? Overhead costs, um, equipment costs, anything to get you started. So we have a Patreon link and our members, our lovely members have donated to that Patreon um, and we, once we, or we have collected, we have had people donate, um, over a thousand dollars now. So we had to wait. Oh yeah. So now it's, um, how much do we have? A little bit over a thousand. Um, but once we had hit that thousand dollars, which was a couple of weeks ago, we were able to announce our thousand dollar giveaway and how that works is that we're going to post it tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we are going to have people submit their video entries as their kind of elevator business pitch um, in video format. And then um, we're going to have our moderating team select um, the top 10. Mm -hmm. Um, Out of those 10, we're going to have our VIP patrons um, who donated to our Patreon to select the top three. Once we have those final three votes, we're going to bring it back to the Facebook group and then use that to um, have our members vote which one they would like us out of the three. And then whoever gets the most likes, that will be the winner. So we wanted Very to cool. make it as fair as possible. We were thinking, oh, maybe we should have the moderating team vote. Right. Um, maybe we should just do it based on the members' votes. But then it didn't seem fair, right? We want it to be uh, kind of like a three-level, um, three-tier voting system. And so we allowed our moderating team, um, our VIP patrons, and our members to have a say in which one they'd like. Um, so we just wanted to put our 
um, Patreon out there um, in order for us to keep doing these $1,000 giveaways every month. Um, if you guys can check out our Patreon, it's www.patreon.com slash Asian Hustle Network. Um, go ahead and check that out. And if you would like to support us, we would hope that you would become a patron. Awesome. And just to be clear, $1,000 is a ton of money to start a business. I, <laughs> my team doesn't really know this, I don't think, but we, um, I started this agency six years ago with about $1,000 in cash and some computers and equipment that I had, and we've done close to $10 million in revenue since. Wow, so that is amazing. That should inspire people yeah, what $1,000 can grow to if you uh, spend Yeah, definitely. Exactly. We're hoping someone else to follow your example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I would have loved, I mean, at the time I had to sell a bunch of my stuff to get that $1,000, but I would have loved to uh, have an opportunity like this. I think it's great what you both are doing, um, bringing the community together. And I love the uh, what you're doing with the giveaway sort of reminds me of Shark Tank. Um, just inspiring people to, uh, come together, help out their community and then giving people in the community that need that little boost to take their idea to the next level. Super important. Mm -hmm. Helps the economy, right. helps them, helps everybody. Love it. Awesome. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to it's eight o'clock somewhere. You can follow the Asian hustle network on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Asian hustle network. Thanks for paying attention.